Welcome back, everybody, to the Triad of the Force podcast, a podcast from Puerto Rican friends coming together to do deep dives into Star Wars and other nerd-related media. This is the second season of, second episode of season five. Right. Crazy. It's it's too much. It's like memory. Um, I wasn't even going to correct you. I was just like, yeah, yeah. it is season. It's season fine. Two. Yeah. 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 Season two, episode season- five. Season five, it's January. We're just starting to get, you know, like going. We know January is never, you know, the most exciting month of the year because no. everybody's like coming off of the holidays. We had the Fiestas de San Sebastián this weekend. So, I mean, it's still technically Christmas in Puerto Rico till today because, uh, you know, longest Christmas of the year. Uh, so, yeah, so we haven't. End of the year, I guess, when you think about it. Yeah, it's all good. Um, so yeah, so we don't have a lot of Star Wars stuff to talk about yet. We know there's some news that you're going to get into in a second, Goose, because I don't know anything because my Very social slow. media game yeah. is non-existent. Um, but you'll let me know. Uh, but anyway, there's still a lot of shows out there. Uh, and we love other nerd whimsies, not just Star Wars. So we want to talk about the show Echo from Marvel. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll get into why we liked it, why we didn't, like what we thought about it in general. Uh, if you don't know about it, there's going to be spoilers. Obviously, the whole series is already on Disney+. Plus. So if you want to go check it out, it's only five episodes long. So it doesn't require a huge investment of your time. And I think all in all, it was a fun series to watch. So I think it's well worth your time if you're, you know, want to check something different out from Marvel. But anyway, Goose, so what's what's the news for Star Wars? That, that was such a good recap for uh, Echo. That was great. <laughs> I, I loved it. Now. I was just like, I was, maybe Disney... To like Disney and Marvel hire you to do all the recaps because that was that was excellent. I, I loved I'm, it. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> hey, no, yeah. Before all that, you said Fiesta no. de la Calle San Sebastian, the the Saint Sebastian Street Festival. I don't know what the actual like one to one English translation, translation is. Yeah, that is, but you know, uh, parties in uh, old San Juan. Uh, I guess cap off the Christmas holidays. Although I still think we have yeah. Octavitas left. La Octavitas left. Yeah, um, that's true. But this is kind of like the last major major yeah. celebration of mm-hmm. a, a Christmas in Puerto Rico. Did you go, or or, or did you decide like this is too much? Because it's, it's too it's, much. It's, it's wild. And it, this year got crazy. I think it's one of the biggest ones we've had in a couple years because it all got kind of slowed down. You know, after Hurricane Maria and, and COVID. then COVID mm-hmm. and everything was kind of slow. But this year they I think they got record numbers of people showing up. If you look, you know, Google. For Fiesta de San Sebastián or something, it's like there were massive amounts of people, and so I I wasn't up for that. Aside from the fact that you know that Josbando works in Old San Juan, so you'd think that there that the that his I mean I don't I don't know if his boss listens to this podcast. If if, if his yeah. boss listens, I apologize for not what to say, but you'd think that they would just say, "Hey, work from home." Work from yeah. home Thursday and Friday, but no, yeah. no, they had to work both days, and it's you know it's a pain to get into the city, you know, when the fiestas are happening and then getting out. That's so. one of those baffling things that I don't understand about employers in yeah. especially 2023 and especially now in 2024 being so gung-ho about like going to the office when we've already yeah. proven for two years and we don't have to be in the office to get work done. Yeah. So what's this obsession with forcing employees to go into an office, especially when one, you don't need to. Two, yeah. you don't have to. And three, it'll make everyone's lives better. Yeah. And it's just a convenience that, you know, it'll keep your employees happy too. It's just like, hey, it's going to be inconvenient today. Just, yeah. it's fine. Work from home. The work's yeah. going to get done anyway. Yeah. And especially when, I mean, for lawyers, so much stuff can be done digitally now. I mean, unless yes. you actually have to go to physical court, 
which isn't the office anyway, you know, you can do it from home. You have access, like all the filing systems are digital. There's, mm-hmm. there's really mm-hmm. no need. Uh, but- correct me if I'm wrong, because now you're also starting to work uh, in the field, so to speak. And yeah. I would suspect, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know for a fact, yeah. but I would suspect that there's not a lot of inner office collaboration. Because you're ba- I would assume you're basically kind of like on your own researching your stuff to write your whatever it is that you guys write in stuff. So it's pretty much like a solo work. Yeah, well, it also depends if you're like in a bufete, como se dice bufete en inglés. Firm, yeah. firm. Yeah, if, if it's an actual firm, there has to be collaboration because sometimes there's there's more than one person to each case and there's all the paralegals, which mm-hmm. you like do all the grunt work for the lawyers themselves. And so I guess it depends what kind of practice you have and if you actually like going to the office, you know? So I work in a place where it's... Uh, they're not it's not a firm but they share office space and mm-hmm. only i think like out of six lawyers only two of them are like actually consistently at the office a lot of the other ones have other stuff going on and they use the conference room you know if they have a meeting with mm-hmm. some clients mm-hmm. that they want to show like the fancy conference room too but you don't necessarily need to be there all the time so right and, and yeah. i think and i guess that's mm-hmm. the thing at least for me right as a like an architect like collaboration is a big deal sometimes but all, other times you're just like jiving on your own vibing on your own kind of doing your own thing so yeah. it's not something that you always have to kind of be yeah. doing all the time sometimes you're just on yeah. your own so it kind of strengthens the argument of like well, and then especially you know, after COVID like you were saying that everybody started getting used more to like working from home even a lot of the big firms have downsized their offices mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm, because they, they're much. just not using them as much as they used to so and I don't know not, and, and I lo- and I I'll, frankly like I am an in-person type of person I'm more productive in the office and i like to yeah. like be out and be with people yeah because you know i live by myself so kind of that's kind of my opportunity to do those things so i and genuinely not be stuck at home yeah exactly mm-hmm. i kind of genuinely like to be in the office and plus i'm more productive in the office yeah, than yeah. at home yeah. other people you're are home, not you're procrastinate yeah but everybody works differently everyone works differently. especially when it's like a complicated situation you don't want to make it harder by forcing somebody to go to the office when it's like not necessarily that exact day especially when there's like a massive street festival that closes it's hard to get it in and out of the whole the whole city and yeah it's just like hey let it go let it go let it go yeah but what do i know maybe life is like maybe one day i'll be a boss and i'll have that you know that mythical 180 that all the boomers always say that you'll have when you get older and they'll become some uh, curmudgeon that just wants to just keep the status quo and like not give youngsters <laughs> benefits that I didn't have. And since I didn't have them, they shouldn't have. It's like, I hope yeah, I don't get that to that type of attitude. Yeah. yeah I, know, I don't want to get to mean. a point mm-hmm. where I perpetuate negativity just because it was perpetuated to me. But yeah, that is besides the point. But speaking of negativity, let's talk about some Star Wars news. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because what would the Star Wars fandom be if there weren't a negative, negative news or yeah. just news that people decide to just take negatively? Yeah. Uh, let's start on a positive note, I guess. And this is quasi Star Wars news. I mean, it is Star Wars news. But a friend of ours that has been uh, taking a break from social media, podcasting, uh, content creation whatever you want to call it is back brian barry our friend oh, from awesome pink milk is back on, on 
on Twitter uh, to some capacity. Looks like they're gearing up to create more content. So we're very, very awesome. happy to see mm -hmm. Brian be back and to be back in we these, love Brian. Uh, social mm -hmm. spaces. We love Brian. So mm -hmm. definitely stay tuned for what he has in store. We don't know what it is yet. Yeah. Uh, he has a different handle now. It's a death and robot, something like that. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But look at for Brian Barry on Twitter and you will find him. He's definitely a very important voice in the fandom. And he created a very good community with Pink Milk. Uh, yeah. And his absence was definitely felt. Uh, so we're happy to have him back. I'm very excited to see what the future holds. Uh, that being said, there's some other stuff in Star Wars that probably not the best type of news. And this one is one particular one that I wanted to check in with you about because it kind of concerns you to like a, in a in a in a in a way. Uh, there's some content creators that, as we have talked about at nauseum in the past before, aren't too. Uh, friendly with uh, Disney Star Wars and oh, right. mm -hmm. one of the reasons that they're not too friendly with Disney Star Wars is because of the alleged wokeness and I use that word cautiously because what yeah. is woke except like a like a dog whistle to insert you know whatever thing you are against this week <laughs> and uh, yeah one of the big things against the sequel trilogy specifically is that because it's Ray and now Ray's the Ray Skywalker, Ray Mary Sue, all these things, is that oh yeah. Star Wars is trying to pander to women. And the uh, I don't know the specifics of this news. It's just because okay. I because I honestly don't care. It's so dumb. But I feel like we still need to uh, talk about it to an extent because you know we are a podcast. We're like I represent as uh, I'm, I'm a dude and I represent as as a man and you're a woman represent as female. So like mm -hmm. so like we're coming at it from like those perspectives and points of views and obviously like our Puerto Rican point of view too so like we're it, it touches yeah. us because we are fans from different spectrums talking about Star yeah. Wars and mm -hmm. from those points of view so one of the things that then like these content creators and it's one of the biggest Star Wars content creators out there so if you can't figure out who it is you're, you're blessed um basically saying and I shit you not that Star Wars isn't for women and uh, they should stop, Star Wars should stop pandering to, like, getting more Star Wars uh, female fans because Star Wars was never made, made for girls. And, like, it, and it was, like, this whole viral video of him interviewing a woman and a woman saying this. And, obviously, it, it went viral because, of course, it did because that's how the A woman works. agreeing that Star Wars isn't for women? Correct, correct. And then... Wow. And then, and then in kind of a beautiful fashion, like, all the women, like, female Star Wars content creators that obviously Star Wars fans started doing right. res started doing response, response videos right. of the audio from that interview saying that, oh, there are uh, Star Wars female fans, and then overlay with images of them as kids growing up with Star Wars, and then now them right. as content creators doing like all these things, uh, which I thought was really, uh, it was a really beautiful counter uh, right. Like, not kind of response, kind of response, kind of like contradict each other. A response to like these videos, right. but in a way, it kind of made me sad because it's like really like we're in twenty twenty four, three, and, and we're still four, and we're still yep. and we're still, like and men are still well, some men, uh, yeah, air like Star Wars is for girls. It's like what are we like thirteen year old in a basement playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons? No disrespect to the Dungeons and Dragons community, but you know uh, it's like I don't understand like where all this is coming from. So I wanted 
your reaction from that news. And I didn't tell you about this all week because I kind of wanted yeah, to, to get, see my uh, actual reaction. Right, right. Yeah, because I didn't know this reaction. was happening at all. Oh my God. Oh my God. Who? What an idiot. I mean, how many years back does he want to take us? Like, it's like those idiots that say that uh, Barbies aren't for boys and sci-fi is only for boys. And it's, it's what they want us to have toys. They're only like what kitchenettes. It, that's our toys. That's what we play with in 2024. Are you kidding me? I've been a fan of star Wars since I was a kid, you know, and princess Leia was one of a really strong female character portrayed right from the beginning of star Wars. Are you kidding me? This star Wars isn't for girls. What? What? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I've actually been really excited with all the awesome women characters that we've been getting in Star Wars. And I was, I loved how we got the younger version of Leia and the Obi-Wan show. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for my nieces to be old enough to get them into Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars is for girls. Star Wars is for anybody who wants to be into Star Wars. That's the point. That's why Star Wars is so amazing. Because whoever wants to love it can love it. I mean, people need to shut up. <laughs> it's definitely... Not believe it. Right. I'm just like, what? why I is this I cannot even... believe it that this conversation is happening in this day and age. Well, and it's also funny because there's also like the cliche things among, among men about like the ideal woman and the ideal woman also likes all your fandoms. It's like, oh my God, a woman that likes all this stuff. So it's just like, so what? True. Which, you get so, both sides of that. So yeah. It's like, whatever, however toxic that fantasy is also too, because it's like makes women like a, like a prize that has to have check boxes. Uh, yeah. to be one it's also kind of a toxic thing but but you, you have so it's like yeah so which toxicity do you want the one was like they share in the things that you like or the ones where they're excluded from the things that you right. that you want so i don't i don't really understand this whole doubling down the gatekeeping part of it because like one thing is just talking about why this or that didn't resonate with you and like a story you didn't like or didn't like Sure, yeah. that's normal, expected, and encouraged. Cause, like, that's a, and that's a legitimate argument. Like, not everything's going to resonate with you, but it could right. resonate with other people, you know? Right. Not everything has to be perfectly crafted to your liking. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it, makes for something... more, and it makes for good conversations to have, like, oh, of course. Like yeah, yeah. And, and people... come at it from good faith, right? Right. And, and then you can change people's minds and other people can change your minds with their perspectives and be like, okay, well, it didn't resonate with you, but I respect it because I know now how much it means to you. So mm -hmm. this whole, it's terrible for, because of its own sake is just such a stupid perspective to have. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's so close minded. I feel sorry for kind of the people that are like that, honestly, like going through life with that lens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Terrible. It's absolutely well, terrible. And especially because all of these stories, Star Wars included, they're a reflection of our humanity. You know, right. Because it's, it's people creating it, people create based on their experiences. So necessarily, like, we want and encourage, like, all these stories that talk about, like, the human condition to include right. the condition of diversity. So it's always great right. to see inclusion in all these stories and see, like, how far it has gone. I mean... I would argue it still has yet. further to go. Yeah, it has but, further to go. But be like, say. hey, yes. like it's reflecting us even more. And I think that's a great right. thing because it makes for the fandom bigger and, and better because then we connect to each other even more profoundly. So to see yeah. some people want to not have Star Wars grow or represent, a, you know, a multitude of people 
that and the opposite they kind of want to bring it. it even back right like they want right, to right. rewind the progress that has been made i mean are you no but it reflects okay. it reflects their their actual worldviews. it's just like well oh yeah if we, if i know we can't, if we can't have women which is like half the population <laughs> like in, yeah. in, in in star wars then, yeah. then it's just like then, then, what I, I don't know it's so it's so bizarre it's a very it's, bizarre state. It's just like saying it, it, voting is not for women. Well, I mean, I, I would I would argue that they that they're probably into that. Yeah. I mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I well, I don't think it's a. I in a way I think it's a bad example because I think that they would agree they would with yeah. that statement. So right, uh, I know. I don't want to put words in people's mouths, but based on the the words that have that, been coming out of those yep. mouths, I'm just like, oh, you're just, I wouldn't be surprised if that's exactly what they thought. You're just a, exactly you're just a couple steps away from uh, from that. But uh-huh. yeah, so Star Wars isn't for women. This is yeah. apparently where Jet Trial of the Force is jumping on that bandwagon. So now that you're fired, I guess. <laughs> right, Star Wars, Star Wars is not for me. It's not for probably you. nothing. Probably not nothing nerd related either. Like video exactly. games are not for me. Hey, all and those books behind you, yeah, you have to yeah, burn them. None of those are for me. Start buying um, some cooking books. That's yeah, uh, apparently yeah. those are the ones. Drop out right. of college too, because you can't. Right, right. I can't be a lawyer either. Can't be a lawyer. Right. Lawyer, right. Lawyers. Mm-hmm. Didn't you watch uh, all these uh, Law and Order shows? It's all men. You can't <laughs> stop immediately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So pathetic. Uh, but yeah, yeah I is. thought I thought we would start this uh, <laughs> review of a female-led show about, right. with some with, Star Wars yeah. news about having female fans. And, I mean, there's some stuff about the Ray movie, but let's not even go into that. We can talk about the Ray movie some other time. But yeah, yeah it's let's talk it about was, Echo. It was an interesting week for a female representation in, right. in, in Star Wars. Yeah, but, we can't be nerds at all either. No, 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 ever. no, no yeah, you can't. no, we can't. Only yeah. nerds of the Barbie movie. Right, right, but then, yeah, then, but, but then, men probably would not be able to enjoy Barbie. Well, they can, yeah. ironically, remember. Oh, ah, ironically, okay. I get you. I get you. Okay. See, because <laughs> men can do the things, but when they do it, it's like, no, it's fine what I do it because when I do it, we do it ironically. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, Echo, you already described it beautifully at the beginning. Uh, of the, of the show, <laughs> so I don't need to describe it. So it was an interesting show because it was a show that I wasn't expecting when they announced it. So I was like, again, I don't read comic books, so I yeah. wasn't familiar with Echo's character. Uh, but is she like an actual comic book character? Yes. Okay, because I was wondering about that when I saw it because you know some characters are created specifically for TV originally, like Harley Quinn was originally created yeah, yeah. for TV, and then she, you know. She became an important character later on, so I wasn't sure about Echo. So it's cool to know that she is an actual um, comic book character. Yeah, she's an actual comic book character that I only mm-hmm. really like found out about through the Hawkeye show, and right? Because that's when she first appeared uh, in the yeah. MCU. So that's when I was just like, oh, let me read up a little bit on the character. Uh, so I didn't really know much. So I was surprised right. when they did the spinoff uh, for her, which I was kind of cautiously why? optimistic for. Yeah, yeah, but at the same I, time, like, why? Yeah, was, and, and, and like there were there were like a lot of things towards the show that I was confused about. Let's put it that way, okay. because okay. when Hawkeye happened, spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen, excuse me, Hawkeye, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin <laughs> came yeah. back, and we all love uh, the, the the Netflix Daredevil show, and mm-hmm. we all love 
I mean, I don't and he's such him. a perfect Wilson Fisk. He okay, was. So love, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I love him. I love him. I thought he's great. So yeah. he was casting. great in Daredevil. So when he mm-hmm. came, comes back in 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 Echo, I think a lot of the questions that the fans had, myself included, was like, wait. So Wasn't does he this dead? mean? So is this? <laughs> well, not just that, yeah. but like it was like the is this version of Wilson Fisk from Hawkeye the same one, same one. from the yeah. Netflix Daredevil, or is this kind of like a MCU different timeline repurposing kind of thing? And we yeah. just and just we just brought him back because people love him, but this is a different Wilson Fisk. Right. And by extension, now with the Echo Show uh, with Daredevil, so that was like a, a question that. I had for speculation, yeah, mm-hmm. for for this show, and then if it was gonna be the same Wilson Fisk, that means then the Netflix Daredevil show is canon, and if it's canon, the vibe of that show is completely different from the vibe of the MCU, and the vibe from Hawkeye was very different from Hawk from Daredevil, obviously. So yeah. then, what is the vibe for Echo? Yeah, and, and then the Daredevil that we got in She-Hulk in was She-Hulk, also completely, yeah, completely yeah. different. So yeah, and and we know that there's like Daredevil is coming back to Disney mm-hmm. Plus, right? Yes. So so I think there's been a lot of like, how are they going to do that? Because Daredevil was super gritty and violent and all these awesome things. So yeah, so when they announced the Echo, I I didn't even know really what it was mm-hmm. when it was announced because I I did like Hawkeye and I thought Maya's character was super interesting. But it was also kind of a forgettable character in a way because, mm-hmm. you know, she wasn't that important to the show. And so it, I was a little like, do I care about this show? Do I not care about this show? And I don't think it was promoted adequately either, no, which, which they always do when it's not a show that is led by a white man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, they usually just do not advertise correctly. I mean, the same thing happened with the film Shang-Chi, which I think it's one of the better um marvel films that have come out in recent years and it was like just kind of ignored because you know it's chinese we don't care Mm -hmm. so i mean the non-white uh stuff that comes out from marvel is just not given the same amount of attention as anything Mm -hmm. else so me even going into it was like do i even care and then postbando was the one it's like oh i saw some trailers and actually looks pretty fun let's just watch it and we started watching it on friday and and we thought it was fun i mean it's not a perfect show by any means but it was enjoyable yes Mm-hmm. Uh, I I agree with all of that. Uh, just mm-hmm. to piggyback on something you were saying, like mm-hmm. Disney slash Marvel have confirmed mm-hmm. that all the Netflix shows are canon. So all of them, okay. So they're all canon, okay. unfortunately. So is a uh, Iron Fist. Even though I I keep perpetuating the toxicity against that show, even though I've never seen Iron <laughs> Fist, it's not good. But I did watch Defenders, and I was not a fan of his character or no, that show for no. that matter. I did not no. like the okay. Not that I no. didn't like Defenders. I just thought it was very disappointing because I did yeah. like Jessica Jones a lot. Obviously, I did like I Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. Obviously, and... I like Luke Cage and obviously Daredevil. Daredevil. Uh, so uh, Defenders, not for me. Uh, but yeah, they yeah, are no, now can, they're no. now canon in okay. the MCU. So that means that technically Echo is after the events of all the MCUs, all the MCU Netflix shows. Which fine, mm-hmm. but one of the interesting things I think that the show is doing or tries to do to varying degrees of success is bridge the gap between the I don't want to call Hawkeye campy but the yeah kind of, fantas- kind of the fantastical MCU let's, let's call it that let's call it that 
the well, because Hawkeye was also like Hawkeye was like a Christmas show, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so the tone was way different from the Netflix mm-hmm, Marvel mm-hmm, shows mm-hmm. that we had. So, so this one, yeah, I don't think it was nearly as gritty as the Netflix stuff, but it did, like you say, kind of bridge the gap because it is the tone is a little darker than it was in Hawkeye and everything else. So it's kind of, you know, slowly bringing us bringing us back maybe to what the Marvel ones were mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. maybe set like. Maybe we will get the same tone with the Disney version of the Netflix stuff. I I don't know if they're really they do that, they but. they kind of have to because otherwise it won't be gonna, as successful as it was. It's, yeah, right. It's gonna turn yeah. off everybody because mm-hmm. everyone loves those shows mm-hmm. because of the tone that they had and how unique yeah. and gritty mm-hmm. they were. And to kind of bring everything back, but then Marvelize it for lack yeah. of a better term, it's gonna turn everyone off. So I think that this is a good opportunity for Disney slash marvel to be like we can have different types of stories within the mcu and we can have like the netflix style gritty tvma storytelling and we can also have the guardians of the galaxy type of stuff and and they can all coexist but we don't have to limit and now we're gonna have deadpool 3 which is gonna be the first mcu r-rated film right Mm -hmm. so hopefully yeah we kind of move past the the monotony of Marvel always has to be the same. Of Marvel yeah. always, that they, that it has been particularly perva- uh, pervasive in the Disney Plus streaming era, because yeah, pre Disney Plus streaming, Marvel was had a lot of diversity, but I feel like all the, with some exceptions, of course, but a yeah. lot of like the Marvel shows and Disney Plus have suffered from monotony, and yeah. I feel like Echo is kind of a sign that things are changing. Although there are things about the show that I wasn't a big fan of. I think overall, I think it was really, I mean, en- enjoyable. I don't, I don't want to say yeah. really good, but I thought it was good. And no, it was wel- enjoyable, yeah. And a welcome surprise because it started shifting uh, things for the MCU. And especially because it's Native American-led mm-hmm. and it's, you know... Female, female sisterhood. The yeah. hearing is very matriarchal. So I thought yep. that I did a lot of really cool things that we haven't really seen before. And... Yeah. I think it's a really good companion piece to Killers of the Flower Moon in some weird way. I don't know if you've seen, <laughs> if you've seen the Martin Scorsese film. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen it. Uh-huh. Uh, don't bother. I, I, this yeah, you told me you didn't like it. Like everything Native American about it was like, exactly. In a way I think, you said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think that I'm saying it's not a companion piece thematically because they're wildly different. They're talking about right. wildly different things. Actually, if you yeah. think about it, they don't. Actually. Because Wilson Fisk is a white man trying to uh, put like his will over the will of a Native American woman, and that's kind of yeah. exactly Flower Moon. So never mind. Uh, you corrected so yourself. I, I corrected myself on that. But while Killers of the Flower Moon show the the Osage, I think uh, the Osage Nation uh, from a white man's perspective, so we never get to see like Lily Gladstone's like great performance be anchored mm. within the native american heritage of the osage nation and mm-hmm. the point of view of their suffering and where they're coming from and the beauty of their culture and like all these things that would have made that film a lot more uh, yeah. impactful because then you get to feel the, the the suffering of this culture that you don't get to see it's like we're told about it through yeah. Leo the white man's point of lens. View, <laughs> and then we don't get to see it you know through the suffering of uh, Lily Gladstone and yeah. her community uh, within the movie, and I think that's where Echo 
excels. I forgot. I think it's the Choctaw Nation. Yeah. That she's a part of in the movie. Let me correct myself because I don't want to. Uh, yeah, say this, anything incorrectly. Say this incorrectly. Uh, have the Wikipedia pulled up. Um, <laughs> the Wikipedia. Uh, apologize. I should have. I should have had this uh, ready to go. Ready to go before I started talking out of my ass. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I hope I find this quicker so that I don't have to uh, edit this awkwardness back out. Choctaw. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There we the go. Choctaw I said it right. Nation of I, Oklahoma. Yeah. I said it right the first time. Ooh, thank God. That's nice. Uh, good. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, but it does a really good uh, job of doing the opposite of Curse of the Flower Moon because obviously the main character is uh, Maya and mm -hmm. she's obviously Native American. Then we get to see not just her reconnect with her family in the, in the reservation, uh, but also then see the history and the right. different points, of, uh, points in history of one the creation of the nation which i thought was like a really awesome sequence and then yeah, i see that how, sequence is super cool yeah and then see how the nation has evolved through like the history of native america until the present mm -hmm. day which i thought was beautiful and obviously like then the pay up at the end when you see like all the spoiler alert all the yeah. different parts of the of history and her heritage kind of come together in like this matriarchal uh, reunion right against when they fight against Wilson Fisk and his henchmen. So in that regard, I think the show was excellent yeah. because yeah. we it's a part of the MCU that we don't really see is like how we are respectful towards someone's culture and how that culture impacts who they are as a hero. Yeah. I mean, obviously we see it in Shang-Chi, but here it's like really, really in the forefront uh, in, a, in a very beautiful way. I mean, there I still think that there's some aspects about it that didn't quite land for me, but yeah. the fact that they did it, I think it's, Extremely commendable. And the fact that they did it while in consultation with the nation, the Shaka right. nation, yeah. was that even, was really even cool. better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So to respect a culture that you don't really understand and to make it shine, I think it's always something very commendable to do. Um, and I think the idea of like her quote unquote superpowers are like powers through heritage, I think is really cool. Um, it's and, and because it's That's not something just something I didn't you, like actually, but. You didn't on. like that it was like I'll tell you why heritage. Minute. I'll tell you well, why in a minute. Yeah. I didn't like the fact that she had superpowers at all, actually. I kind of okay, wish yeah. she wouldn't have any because she was Same. such a badass on her own. So when she first got like the glowy hands, I was like I was like, why can't a woman just be powerful? <laughs> yeah, by her own sake. Yes, why yes, do we yes, have agreed. to give her superpowers for her to be a hero when she's already a badass? Um but it kind of grew on me because of the power that it was because it mm -hmm. was you know through heritage and because it's kind of like with each new generation you keep the knowledge of the generation that came okay. before you and mm -hmm, then you mm -hmm. can kind of towards the end it's not just the fact that she's empowered by what her generations learned mm -hmm, so it was mm -hmm. kind of very avatar except like this is within one line of a family instead okay. of like so so it kind of grew on me as it came out and I thought it was really cool when you see all the women like with her and then she can kind of like transmit her knowledge to her cousin and her grandmother and then through them make them warriors as well so I don't mm -hmm, know so mm -hmm. there was some of it that I really like one of the problems was that I really do think and I'm fine with short but I think five episodes is too short too short yeah. so so there's a lot of character development that gets mm -hmm. 
-hmm. ignored. So uh, there's a lot of questions about, you know, it is awesome when she finally like rekindles her relationship with her grandmother, but there's, there's not that like emotional, you know, struggle enough. Like her relationship with her cousin, it never really gets discussed either. Like they never get to go back and forth truly on like how they've made each other feel through the Mm -hmm. years. So especially a show that's so family centered, there's a lot of that missing. And then Mm -hmm. especially with her relationship with Wilson Fisk, who we know from the Daredevil series that the man is just like incredibly emotionally unstable, Mm -hmm. but you know, (laughs) and then, and then she was raised by this man from the Mm -hmm. moment that her father died. And and I do love the line when she calls him out, because I was thinking the exact same thing when he creates like that device so he could speak to her. And it's like, you, if you really cared about me, you would have gone through the effort of actually learning American sign language, which shows like, this is the man that was, her only connection to humanity basically because he mm-hmm. did completely isolate her and just raised her to you know be his daughter and and he is so emotionally unstable but there's a lot that we don't get to see i mean the do, few flashbacks that we do get are really good but i think mm-hmm. that could have been explored more so we could see you know how she really grew up with this man and and how this man became kind of obsessed with her because you know towards the end it's just like oh you're not going to love me on my terms i'm gonna you know kidnap your family and force you to love me i mean what a horrible way to think yeah so that could have been explored way more and and especially because we see we don't we know she like healed some of his emotional baggage there at the end so i think we're gonna see some change in the wilson fisk that we are gonna see in the future but we don't really know like how much it's gonna you know affect him as a character i don't know yeah, I definitely agree about the five episode thing, which I think mm-hmm. it's a, a, a Disney Plus thing as a whole. Just stop making short series. Yeah. It, it, it's just, it doesn't feel like a series as much as a long movie at, at, at that point. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And even then, it feels like an undercooked long movie, which is even worse to think yeah. about. I think, uh, I think Mandalorian's eight episodes, but it kind of works. Uh, but when you, it's still cutting it close, I feel. Yeah. Andor, 12 episodes, I think was perfect. Perfect. It was good. I, 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 I'm even fine with 10. I think 10 episodes is a good sweet spot, but I kind of missed the days when we had like a season was long. 20 something episodes. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, maybe that's maybe too long, but I definitely feel like 10 should be like a threshold, unless it's a mini series or something, which, which yeah. to be fair, this was, but it's still too short like there was five is really lot, short there was a lot of stuff like you said that was missing that we needed in, to understand like a lot of the family dynamics and interpersonal relationships because we there was like i remember what was it the second episode when she goes back uh, to her home and then the, the her cousin with the pickup truck i'm just like who the yeah. hell is this and they just yeah don't even like we don't even explain who he is and i'm just like wait I don't, you know, and then she goes to the, to the roller rink and she talks to the dude and it's like, who the hell are you? It's like, there yeah. were, there were a lot of like relations that we eventually kind of pick up who they yeah. are further, but it's all like, yeah, for a while, every time someone. they show up, it's like, wait, which one was this? Like, like exactly. what, who what the happened? hell are you? Yeah, uh, because I mean, we don't really get to find out all that much about her in Hawkeye. So this is your opportunity to actually give real background to this character and stuff. And then it just kind of jumps right in and you're kind of expected to know all of her family history and but to be fair the 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 first episode tries and for the most part succeeds i think to yeah, and giving us this background yeah 
to recap a lot and like i think they mm -hmm. did all of clever stuff of showing clips from the hawkeye show so that we can get cut up yeah. and as good as it was it still felt like an extended previously on you know right Inst yeah, you're right. In mm -hmm. Instead of, instead a, of being its own episode. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of like, here's episode one. Episode. Uh, so for better or worse, uh, I think they yeah. still did it like a really good job. And I think that that fight with, I, I remember the fight with Daredevil was leaked online a couple of days before the show premiered. Oh. And people were kind of shitting on it, for lack of a better term. Oh. Okay. Uh, being like, oh, this looks way too choreographed and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, but we're seeing it without the music. We're seeing it like a recording yeah. of a recording. So uh, I'll wait to see it when it actually comes out. Right. And I thought that's why it was actually awesome. I think that they did a really good job when, even before Daredevil shows up, to set up that fight as yeah. uh, this is an, an like a, a Netflix Marvel fight on the Daredevil yeah. shows. Uh, did it hit as hard as some of the fights from Netflix? Probably not. But I think yeah. it still captured the energy. Yeah from mm -hmm. those and the grittiness of it. And when Daredevil shows up, I thought that was a great fight. Honestly. I thought it was super cool. Yeah, I thought it was super cool. I thought the fight was super fun. I mean, like you said, Netflix had perfected that whole hallway scene without any edits and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it, it's something else. And, and, that's, and that's Daredevil. And they should save it if they're going to do it again for Daredevil's show. But I yeah. thought the fight was still really cool. Um, there's some really cool things that I liked about the show. I really liked it when everything, when we lost sound completely. Yeah, so yeah. we felt more how connected feels, to her yeah. and how she perceives the world. So I, I loved whenever they did that. I kind of wish they would have done it a little bit more. Um, I thought it was really cool for them to actually use their language and not keep it English the whole way through, mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. something I always love. And, and then they just subtitle it. You don't need to explain it. Um, I loved all the sign language as well and how sometimes, you know, they're just lip using their lips while they sign, not necessarily saying it out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, I, there was a lot of things about it that was, that was really cool. Um, it just, it was too short and there were a lot of things that they almost hit the mark, but not completely. So I think mm -hmm. it had a lot of really good potential, but it fell short in some things, but all in all, I thought it was, I thought it was really fun. So. Yeah, I think for me, like there were just a couple of things that I don't want to say completely hit the mark, but they mm -hmm. missed it enough that I, I'm just like, ah, like, this, hey. this is like the type of the things that didn't really work. And I want to say the first one that I want to say, I'm going to actually leave for last, because uh, okay. it has to do with what you were talking about with the powers. Uh, but the first one, let's just get it out of the way. It looked kind of cheap. Like it looked like they filmed it in the volume and the sets didn't look that amazing it didn't didn't feel like a high production yeah and the woodpecker cgi was driving me insane the whole time yeah. so like i'm just i yeah. get it it's a it's a yeah. smaller budget than a lot of the things that you've done before yeah but 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 i but we've, we've seen these types of shows look better so yeah Let's just put that out of the way and move on. Uh, yeah. Second thing was the whole Wilson Fisk stuff. I feel ultimately that this really shouldn't, probably shouldn't have been about him. Wilson that, Fisk, yeah. yeah and about her should, coming back home and reconnecting and kind of leave yes, the like I, out of it. Like yeah. maybe he is the villain behind the things that are happening. Yeah, yeah. And he shows up in flashbacks to set up 
like why she has all this baggage with him, but I don't think that having him be the primary antagonist in the show right. worked because it's kind of like it just ends unresolved, you know? It's uh, mm-hmm. she's trying to be she's trying to be the king, the queen pin, but then that goes nowhere immediately because he yeah. shows up and then and then he leaves immediately. I'm just like, oh. And then so she like kind of feels him somehow, but then he just gets on a plane and decides he's gonna run for mayor. And I don't know. That was all very. Strange. Yeah. So yeah. the whole thing, pin stuff. I was not. Yeah. And he, as much as I love Vincent D'Onofrio, and I think he did an amazing job here, as he always does. Yeah. To be fair, I I just didn't. And maybe again, yeah. it's one of those symptoms of having the series be that short. She'd be so short, yeah. If maybe if you would have had more episodes, then you can explore her right. reconnecting with her family separately from then bringing in the kingpin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, then the story seems kind of fragmented. You're kind of going through the whole her reconnecting with her family, but then you don't really. I remember at one point thinking like, why is she trying to be queenpin? Like, I why. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you no, know, I I don't get it. Why? If she knows it was like this toxic thing, why does she want to keep perpetuating it? I it, it it was hard to see sometimes like what her motivation was. Just because we didn't get a chance to explore really, you know, the way she thought or how it affected her truly when she mm-hmm. found out that she had been manipulated her entire life. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's, I, think, I wish it w- would have gone deeper. So, I think maybe it would have been more interesting was if in Hawkeye she doesn't find out I mean she maybe she does find out uh, about like her her dad being murdered by Kingpin fine yeah. but maybe she doesn't believe Hawkeye yet so that's right the, and she's that's yeah. the plot thread that's left dangling for Echo and then Echo is like her right. trying to solve that mystery and confront Kingpin about it and then like it actually has personal stakes because one she has mm-hmm. to go back to reconnect with her family to like mm-hmm. find like okay I need to figure figure this out and then she's like yeah. great okay let's see I, I trust this hawkeye guy but how could the person yeah. that raised me have done this so i'm just gonna like start and then it just becomes more of a yeah. thriller or a, yeah or like a detective thing where she's where she's just like trying to figure thing. out really what king Ping was up up to back in the day and how the events that right. led to her father's death happened and that and then we can turn a little bit more into like jessica jones yeah but exactly. with her exactly. and her family and exactly yeah. yep that yep. would have been interesting i think yes and then the end of the show is the confrontation with him and it's just like hey you killed my dad blah 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 bam bam mm-hmm. and then instead of killing him or shooting him in the eye and the end of hawkeye she does that in this show yeah and then that's the call and i i feel like maybe that i'm not saying i'm not a writer so probably my my idea is dumb but in a way like i feel like that justifies kingpin's role in the show a little bit more than it did than what we got right now Uh, but yeah so that's number two and then number three is kind of like a big one the powers yeah it's the powers and it's because like one of the things you said one not everyone needs to have magic powers one right two her character is served more by not having them and yeah. then three it's the uh, the cliche of the magic native american you know it's like yeah native, native yeah. americans are magical because they're connection to the land and they have superpowers yeah. and i'm just like yeah. it's a it's a trope which as far as trope right. goes maybe i mean that's i guess one of the least harmful because at least you're making them uh you know yeah. healers power, and healers yeah. but but yeah. it's still but it's still a cliche that's perpetuated right it's still always mm-hmm. like we, they can't just be good mm-hmm. because they're just good 
you know they yeah. have to know we have to have some or just powerful connection. in and of themselves yeah it's a magical connection because we're native americans and i'm just like sure but the, but it'd be cool it's like some like reservation dogs or something like that it's just like just native americans being native americans because they're native americans and we don't right. have to uh, justify their being better or worse through yeah. a cliche a cliche a magic plot point although i did like one of the things you said about it that I would have like bought a little bit more if her connection was a little bit more on the mystical side instead of like the glowy side. And yeah. more about the 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 what she does yeah. to Wells and Picks, right? It's like being able to heal through the connection to your elbows yeah. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like maybe that one I would have bought more, but the minute she Yeah, did the, the glowy whole, hands. The glowy yeah. hand is like Yeah. Don't do that. Especially I don't know because we have I don't know if you've seen What If season two. I haven't actually. Did you like season one? I did like season one. Then you're going to love season two. Uh, really? Yes. I like season two a lot, especially the second half of season two, because there's a okay. bunch of banger episodes and I don't want to spoil them for you, but I kind of okay. have to spoil one a little bit because in one of the, remember at the beginning when we started talking about this, uh, that you were saying that you didn't know if uh, Echo was like a, a comic book character. Yeah. Or a creation she was a for the MCU creation, yeah. or already. A, yeah. Okay. So uh-huh. I was almost about to like really go into an, a, a detailed answer for that, but I held, held myself for this moment. And okay, the, okay. the <laughs> reason for that is just that in What If, we actually have the first uh, created character in the MCU, the first hero that they created for the MCU that is not based on a comic book character. Right. And that is Cahori. And Cahori is a Native American, a, mm-hmm. a Native American from like colonial times uh, that... I mean, I don't want to spoil the, the right, episode, but she is like the new one of the new uh, superheroes in the MCU that is a Native okay. American woman as well. So I think that's what was kind of like the interesting thing about then watching this show because I'm gonna say, okay, in what if yeah, I have to spoil it? Like, she does have like powers, okay, and they're okay. bestowed and they're kind of they're bestowed. <sighs> Do you want me to spoil it or not? Go ahead, it's fine. Is she her one of her, her powers are bestowed by the space stone? One of the Infinity Stones. Okay, which, uh-huh. Which fits right into the yeah. MCU. So I'm like, okay, fine. But now we have this other Native American character. And I'm just like, okay, let's try to not to do the... It's not the same thing, but let's not do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, we don't need to give her powers. Yeah. Right. And so now, it's kind and, of, yeah. And now she has powers. But whatever, besides the point. What's what if? Kahori is awesome. She's my new favorite MCU character. And the fun fact is the voice actor for her... Is the one is the actor that actually plays Maya's cousin in Echo? Really, Bonnie? So, yeah. So it's a. Uh, That's synergy. awesome. That's actually synergy. really cool. Synergy right there. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. So that was kind of like my kind of small pet peeve uh, into Maya getting like the superpower through magic yeah. of the elders. So it's like oh. one we kind of saw it a little bit already, and then two. That's not. <sighs> double down on, on tropes here uh but yeah but overall i think the show x i don't know x would i say excellent no i would say good overall it's good, show it's good. good. enjoyable mm-hmm. it's a good direction refreshing especially amongst a yeah. lot of the dribble that we've seen uh and i say dribble with the most amount of love possible uh dribble we've gotten from the dribble or dri- dribble with a v not a v. dribble i think yeah i think yeah that was my accent coming out uh, yeah that we've seen from the MCU, so yeah, it's a good. So looking forward to uh, Maya's continuing adventures, because I'm pretty sure we'll see her 
in Daredevil now. So. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, we just have to wait and see, basically. Hopefully not too long. Hopefully not too long. Uh, have they announced when the Daredevil stuff is coming out? Do we know? No, but I saw this past week, I think it was, that uh, they're starting up production again. Okay. So that's good news. Um, mm-hmm. Which in other news, uh, Diego Luna said like during the Emmys or whatever that he only has like maybe a week left of filming for Andor. Uh, but unfortunately, we won't see Andor until 2025. Yeah. Still, still a ways away, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, Echo, good. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see more of it, more type of more types of those stories. But let's make them longer. Yeah. Let's not make them look cheap. Yeah. 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 I agree with all of that. So I think that's a good place to stop, right? Because I think we're done talking about Echo. I think we could keep going, but yeah, let's uh, let's not bore everybody. Yeah, no, we're fine with that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so we're going to keep talking Star Wars always because that is our main fandom. And as news and everything comes out, we will let you know. Uh, we will keep talking about other shows that we're into while we, you know, come into this age of new media again after everything that happened with the strikes. And we're very excited about all the new stuff that's coming out. So we are the triad. We're going to keep going. Keep checking us out. Like, subscribe, leave a comment. Let us know what you think. And until next time, may the force be with you.